Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. In today's episode, I am absolutely, I'm just so excited to have Stephen Young on, who's the Chief Executive of Holton Borough Council. He's been in post since April 2022 and brings with him 25 years of experience in the public sector. The last 13 have been in a range of key chief officer roles for local authorities across Greater Manchester and Lancashire. What I find so impressive about Stephen is how involved he is with every member of his workforce and he embraces all aspects of the community that he serves. Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. How are you? I'm fantastic, Matthew. And yourself? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. I'm really well. Um, I've spent a lot of the last few hours, I've been looking at uh, LinkedIn and articles that have been about yourself. And it feels since you've joined Holton, you've been incredibly busy um, with a, a range of transformational change and, and leading on some really key initiatives. Um, if it's okay with yourself, I'd like to start off by talking about some of those initiatives, particularly around transformation. Could you give the listeners at home a bit of an oversight as to what is going on at Holton at the moment in way of transformation and change programmes? Yeah, so, so Halton Council, like all local authorities up and down the country, is going through um, a real period of transformation and change. Um, so within Halton, we've done quite a lot of work to set up our transformation program which is looking at all aspects of the of the council's operations so what we did and lots everyone's done it slightly differently we've taken a a, a leaf out of the book um, of new labor when tony blair was elected in 1997 and we've developed a, a change and transformation team that works on the very same principles that tony blair used when he first came into government to ensure that you're able to drive through those transformational changes that you need to make um, we've um, employed a number of people um, to work in that particular unit and people have been taken from right across the council's operations for people that working in leisure centres, working on adult social care, because we thought it was really important if we were going to do transformation work, it was important that we did it to ourselves and didn't just bring one of the big um, consultancy companies in to do it on our behalf. And we think that's worked really, really well. So they do some very innovative things. So every day they have a, a 15, 20 minute stand up meeting where they go through um, the um, objectives from the previous day and see what they've done. So as opposed to looking at transformation as this huge monolithic thing that you're trying to do over you know, a couple of years, they break it down into hundreds, if not thousands of little actions and deal with each one of those every single day. Um, and that way, you know, over a period of time, you're, you're able to see that um, transformational change. And, you know, from our programme, it's looking at all aspects of our work, from the way that we deliver adult social care to what we do around education, to how we empty the bins, how we provide street lights, and how we organise ourselves as an organisation. Because that is one of the challenges, isn't it? I mean, for, for those listening at home, you know, most people, when they think of what the council does, it's about the bins, uh, maybe it's about education, but there is so much more that as a council, you know, you are responsible for. What's the most challenging area to transform? Um, I think some of the things around children and adults is the most challenging areas. Now, you're quite right when I speak to people about local authorities, they assume it's about streetlights, it's about parks, it's about litter, litter picking, and it's about emptying the bins. But in truth, 
Um, Halton spends about 84 pence and every pound is spent on social care. So that's social care of children and social care of adults. Um, and that is the most complex because, you know, if you're going to look at revolutionising your bin collection service, you're dealing with a, a, a static challenge every day or every week, should I say. People put the bins out, you go and empty them. So there's only so many things you can do. And there's only so many variables. But when you're dealing with... Um, families in chaos or you're dealing with elderly people obviously each case is different and each case is very unique in terms of what it, what it requires in terms of an intervention from the council so we spend most of our money in those areas and those are the areas that are the, i would argue the most challenging absolutely and i think that's always a shock to people at home you know when they talked about when we talk about covid and the cost of it the biggest cost was was children's care and and, and you know and social services um I mean, what approaches, I mean, you've talked about taking change into a micro uh, level rather than looking at the whole macro uh, transformational piece. As a new leader into the council, what approaches and tactics have you had to utilise to make this transformation a success? I mean, there's there's quite a number of things. I mean, you know, I've already mentioned the way in which the transformation team has been funded. That's quite unique. So we took something called a capitalisation order, which basically, again, without getting too technical about it, council spending is broken down into revenue and capital. Most local authorities are capital rich, i.e. we can borrow money relatively cheaper, but they haven't got the revenue to, to run services on a day-to-day -day basis. We knew the transformation team would cost us quite a lot of money. Um, so we've got a capitalisation order, which basically is an agreement from government to allow us to use capital um, as revenue so that's obviously funding the team over over the three years that's quite innovative the stand-up meetings that they have and the project management um, information that the transformation team bring together and I and the leader and the and the senior politicians see quite regularly gives really clear uh, uh, steps in terms of the, the work the council's got to do in terms of some of the service operational things that we've looked at you know we're looking at greater use of technology um, we're looking um, at earlier intervention around children's services so children's services Services, just to use that as an example, what you'll find is um, early intervention and edge of care, as it's called professionally. So those are those kind of early steps that you'll take with families before they get into crisis. It's much cheaper and provides much better outcomes for the family and the young person in question, as opposed to letting families fall into crisis and then fall into the care of the council. So we're doing quite a lot of work to improve our edge of care service. Uh, and by doing that, we're able to take money out of our, our families in acute need. Um, and again, you know, the point you made before around the cost i mean this you know this is something that again people don't realize that if you get a child coming into the care of the council maybe three or four with a family in crisis that child will be with a council till you know until they leave care which you know could be up to 25 the council has a responsibility to that that person for a long time if they're put into expensive placements you could be spending about ten thousand pounds a week per child uh, because of the amount of of care and intervention that they need and sadly when people do come into the care of the council often their outcomes aren't as aren't as good as had, had they stayed with the family unit so you can see all the benefits of getting in early providing edge of care um so Services, providing those early interventions, supporting families in a range of different ways to enable them to be able to, to function as a unit that have a better outcome on the child, a better outcome on the family. And obviously it saves the taxpayer several millions of pounds per child. Fantastic. I want to go back a second. You talked about the use of technology. How how much do you think that, you know, we, we, there seems to be a constant pressure on councils to be more efficient, to do more with less do you see AI and technology advances to be an asset to that kind of efficiency program over the coming years in Holton? 100%. I mean, a key strand of the work that we're looking to do is around um, artificial intelligence. Um, um, I mean, there's, there's some really practical examples that we've got. So just using the children's social care 
instance as an example and what you often find if, if you get a family that's in absolute crisis you know a chaotic lifestyle the child's fallen into the care of the council and the parents have got lots of issues or parents have got lots of issues depending on on the makeup of that particular family if you could trace that back over time what you often find is all these challenges and, and crises often start with something relatively minor compared to the kind of, you know the final the final kind of car crash at the end now through the use of artificial intelligence we're exploring whether it's possible that we can intervene much earlier on so to give you for instance you know if you're a young a young mother with a child um it's the middle of the night the child's crying um you, you, you know you haven't got the parenting skills to understand why the child's crying um there's nobody you can ring it's three in the morning you know it's affecting your mental health you're not sleeping you then become reliant on drink or drugs for example and you know and you can see that sort of downward spiral through the use of artificial intelligence you know the the the, the uh, artificial intelligence already exists where you could ring up uh, and you're speaking to a bot in effect that's able to give you advice to say you know the child might be might be um, teething you know it might be hungry it might be it might need changing which to most people will see a relatively you know obvious obvious answer and solution but for some families that haven't had the experience with their childhoods as perhaps we have those early early challenges can just escalate out and can become something much bigger so we think they're using artificial intelligence you know we'll be able to have those conversations two three in the morning artificial intelligence will be able to say you're probably entitled to this benefit have you thought about that there's a mother and baby group that you could potentially attend and already you could see how through the use of artificial intelligence along with you know good old-fashioned social work you could begin to wrap around families you know support um, that we all need when when we become a parent for the first time it is very very difficult so you can see how investment in that particular area could potentially um you know ultimately provide a much stronger edge of care support service that ultimately will stop children um, and families going into acute need I suppose it's exactly what you said there, isn't it? It's getting back to the preventative element and focus of the council, which is fundamentally far more cost effective than waiting to get to crisis before intervening. It's, it makes complete sense. On the funding piece, you know, a theme that I feel is, you know, abundant across local government is that there is, well, two parts of that. There's not enough money being given to councils by central government, but also the fact that it's kind of one year uh, financial plans or, or awards from, from central government. How, just for everyone at home, how much of a challenge is the funding pressure that local government is experiencing at the moment? Incredibly difficult. So again, just to give you the Halton perspective, but all councils are in the same boat. And we've, we will have lost 50% of all of our funding um, by uh 2026 so half the money that we spend will have gone we've seen our demand go up exponentially because you know austerity obviously they weren't just cutting local authorities they were cutting health they were cutting police services you know all that edge of care stuff that i talked about was all gone so by doing that and removing those safety nets you're driving more people into into demand so your budget's halved and your demand is going up exponentially to put that into into monetary terms halton's got to save uh, about 27 million pounds over over the next three years depending on the size of the council everyone's in a in a in a similar position um look it's made much more difficult because by law local authorities have to balance the books at the end of the year we can't carry a deficit like some of our colleges our colleagues in the nhs can so if you can't if you at the end of the year aren't able to demonstrate how you can pay all your bills and ensure you've got enough money coming in by the end of the following year you have to issue something called a 114 notice which basically means you're bankrupt um now 
increasingly within the trade press, we're seeing examples of local authorities increasingly that are reaching kind of the end of the road. You know, uh, over the last month, two months, I've probably seen about eight or nine that are now saying that, you know, they're running out of options and that's something that they're going to have to do. For everyone at home, I mean, just take a second to just go through what we just said there. 50% of the funding will be cut by 2026. It's absolutely mind boggling. And I don't know how central government can think the local government services can operate on that. I mean, what would your solution be to the, you know, to the funding crisis? If, if and I appreciate, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'll make you, you know, say something, you know, but if there was, you know, a magic genie, you know, is it just a case of more money or is it the way in which money is awarded? What's, what's the solution? I mean, there's a, there's a few things I think that, that could helpfully happen. Um, and, you know, these aren't party political comments, you know, because you could have perhaps argued that some of these things could have been done under pre- previous administrations, you know, governments of different colours. But one of the things that we always struggle with is we get one year awards uh, and we've been talking for quite some time. So so basically, in effect, what that means is we get told around Christmas time what your award is going to be for the following year. Um, now, bearing in mind, obviously, the financial year starts on the 1st of April. So we, we're, we've obviously got teams of people all the time looking at what they think the award's going to be, thinking what the financial pressures are going to be, having conversations with government. But you don't actually get that in black and white until Christmas. Now, obviously, if we could get two or three year settlements right now, I would be able to say to, to my politicians, you know, the, these are the lumps in the road of the next three years. We need to start planning longer term. You know, we can commit to that particular service for the next two or three years. But by a hand to mouth existence that we've got, um, Whilst we're making predictions all the time, what what we think we can and can't do, we don't know with absolute certainty what the funding is going to be for the next financial year until we're virtually on top of it. I think the government could do more in terms of that. I think the funding formula um, could could be revisited. So the funding formula is the way in which government decides how their money is going to be allocated to all local authorities across across the UK. Now. Again, without wanting to stray into politics, you know, under the Labour administration, they put more um, weight on deprivation. Now, um, the current government don't put the same sort of weight on deprivation. So there's always this argument that it's it's disproportionately um, uh, handed out across the country. The other thing I've, I've always been quite attracted to doing, and I think that, you know, local authorities should be able to do this. And, and there are two things around this. There's something around local taxation and having more control over local taxation and ways in which you can raise taxes um, in a particular area to deliver local services so obviously we have we we set the council tax levies but you know which um, banding a property is in that's outside of our control business rates we have no control over that whatsoever so i think there'd be something more around kind of localized taxing um you know and whether that's through a combined authority to do things like if you if you were say a london authority to say well you know we want to put a hotel tax in for example that you often see overseas and that money's then spent locally things like that would 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 be quite helpful as well I think the government could usefully do all of those. And then the other thing I would do is not to have these constant um, funding uh, uh, bidding rounds where local authorities have to spend a small fortune, spend a lot of time bidding for levelling up money or high street funds. I would try and um, hard uh, bake uh, those um, those resources into the base budget. Well, that's given us a very nice segue into levelling up, which you absolutely answered two of my three questions on levelling up. So, um, I love the efficiency. I've got a question for yourself personally. I mean, your background, director of place, and then obviously moving up into executive director role uh, before becoming chief executive. Do you think that that technical foundation allowed you to really drive a really effective leveling up campaign for Holton? Yeah, it did. I mean, you're quite right. My professional skills uh, 
for, for what they are is orbit around regeneration, uh, environmental services, those quite um, technical. So again, you know, if you look at some of the big investments that local authorities have been pivotal in, you know, those are around taking um, calculated risks. Those are around being really methodical, particularly when you're building something, you know, it's no good kind of being, having a timescale that says it'll probably be completed in two, three or four years. I mean, literally time is money. So you've got to have those sort of skills to be able to you know, methodically um, go through what you're going to deliver. So in terms of levelling up, absolutely. Um, levelling up is all about economic outcomes. You know, so having come from that background, you can be really clear about what's deliverable through an intervention and what's not. And that's been been quite helpful. Um, having said that, you know, despite those skills, we probably are as 50% as successful as we are unsuccessful, which is always a challenge. And each one of those bids cost us a lot of money and a lot of officer time to pull together. So, as you know, I've got a record a few times saying this, that I really do think those um, those awards should be hard baked into our base budget. I completely agree. The whole system seems very costly and very chaotic at points. And, you know, you don't necessarily sure that it's getting the best value for the taxpayer's money from that approach. But I mean, less levelling up, you, you obviously you, you transform it through physical regeneration as an area, as a place. What do you think you need to have to attract that inward investment that really kicks on um, uh, the, the future proofing of an area? I mean, I always think, you know, when you when you think about that question, I think there's it's important that you've got to have a few things. Really. We've got some of these already in Halton. So I think being part of a wider combined authority, which we are, we're part of the Merseyside Combined Authority. So, you know, businesses don't recognise Halton, you know, St. Helens, Knowles, particular places. They think of a region, Liverpool City region of the northwest. So I think having those levers where we can think across organisational boundaries, because local authorities, by the very nature of them you basically think within a, a a set geography now businesses people i, I commute across um, local authority boundaries for for employment lots of people do the same so when you've only got an organization that's thinking in that very narrow and focused way i think you lose something so being able to think across a bigger piece i think is is hugely important i think upskilling your um, local residents so again i've had i've had many many conversations with businesses that are looking to relocate to local authority areas where i was employed at the particular time you know they're interested in in transportation uh, they're interested in skills of, of local people i mean these are these are equally as important if not more important than you know the location of the business and what the rental term will be because at the end of the day you know the local authority could say well we'll cover all your rent you know you can move in, in effect for free but if they haven't got a workforce so the workforce can't get there the business will fail so i think being able to work with partner organizations like the colleges and schools is massively important to make sure when people are leaving colleges and schools they're coming out with the right skills that employers want so i think those those are all really important things you know as important as some shiny new business park or some new premises where whoever would want to move into your career journey is an aspiration and inspiration for for many starting out their career in local government what advice would you give to those people venturing into or considering a career in local government i mean the first thing i would say is that it it's an amazing career um I, I think if I had my time again, I'd still go into local authorities. I'd still do local government despite the challenges because the opportunity to get involved in so many innovative things. I've had the pleasure in my career in the past to work for the local authority where I lived. So, you know, you're directly improving your community. Um, and I think that, that's that's hugely important. I think the advice I would have if anybody was going into a local authority and one day thought about being a chief executive, you know, it would be around plan that, plan that journey as best you can. You know, what's your professional discipline? How do you want to move? through that you know think about building a career and a reputation and think about building a career and reputation based on delivery because those are the, the things that you know future employers um will will look for and again you know it took me what it took me about um 
22, 23 years to become a chief exec. So it is a long journey. You know, these things do take a long time. Um, so it's about planning, you know, longer term and being it for the long haul. But I must say, I think, you know, compared to a lot of your peers, you are, your your career rise was, you know, very impressive. Um, very impressive. So, I mean, the last question, which I ask everybody on this podcast, and I think it's really to drive at home to those people that are listening to this podcast. Why is local government important? I think without sounding too trite, I think local government's important because I do believe it's the glue that holds communities together. I mean, that was seen really strongly during COVID, you know, and all the work that, that local authorities did during that particular period. And it was really highlighted at that point. But local authorities are always in in those spaces. You know, we are much more than highways and, and dog mork and streetlights and bins. You know, we are looking you know educating people within our schools and supporting that we're looking at bringing business and employment in for people you know we do repair the highways so i think you know we touch everybody's life who lives in an area you only have to pass through a borough even if you don't ever get out of your car or off the train to set foot down you will come into contact with services that the council have been responsible and for bringing forward so we really are the glue that holds entire communities and indeed the entire uk i would argue together Absolutely. As I always say, local is best. And I think when you look at when there's a major struggle or a major pandemic or any issue to deal with, a local response is the most effective response. But Stephen, this has been honestly, it's been the highlight of my week. Thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me and um, and to listeners at home. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matthew. The Truth About Local Government podcast is proud to endorse SUSO a charity set up to support people from disadvantaged and diverse backgrounds finding roles in entry-level positions within local government legal services. If you are interested in supporting this course, please find details in the link below. SUSO. Stand up. Speak out. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority, or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truth about local government at gmail.com truth about local government local government is at the heart of what we do